Thanks for listening to Cap and J Hood, brought to you by Miller Lite, the presenting sponsor of the 2020 ESPN Chicago Virtual Fantasy Football Championship. Find out how you can be a part of it at ESPNFFC.com. David Kaplan. Jonathan Hood. Welcome, fans. This is Cap and J Hood on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the new ESPN Chicago app. With Jay Hood, I'm Cap. Cap and Jay Hood show every day, 7 until 10. It's going to be a fun weekend, man. The weather's supposed to be warm. Danny, we got warm weather, kid. Danny, you got a microphone there. You do know that, right? You didn't ask me anything. You said we have warm weather. I should crack the mic to yeah. say, yes, warm weather, we do. Yeah, the warm, bu- weather! Warm, warm weather! Warm weather! Warm weather! There's like nothing for me to say to that. Woo! So hot. So, so hot. It's going to be so like wedding. So good. Early 90s. So going to be in the low 90s. So good. So Bring good. up. So oh, good. So hot. You're so hot. It's, it's, You're better than it's that. It's so good to be working with Jimmy Fallon. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> start laughing at our skits in the middle of them. <laughs> anyway. So good. So the good. The Cubs coming off three out of five wins against the Cardinals. The Cubs will have the decided pitching advantage, but the White Sox roll in, hitting like 75 home runs a game. That club is smoking hot. That leads us to Ryan Dempster, a great friend of the show, great friend of mine, and he joins us here on Cap at Jay Hood. Damp, how are you this morning? Good morning. Morning, Cap. Morning, Jay Hood. What's up, guys? Ready to rock and roll. Excited to sit on the back deck with a cocktail and watch baseball tonight on a gorgeous summer evening. What is your take on this series? Is it more special when you face the White Sox, or is it, no, it's just three more games off the calendar? Well, I mean, it's really, uh, it's, it's just one game off the calendar. I think that's how they're treating it. But at the same time, you know, we've kind of been waiting for this, right? We've been waiting for the White Sox to the rebuild to kind of take place and, and then be where those rivalries were that, that I remember so fondly when both teams were really good. And that's what you want. It's great for the city. It's great for both fan bases, good for competition. And, and it's going to be a challenge. Both, you know, like you said, the White Sox are hitting a ton of homers. The Cubs are pitching very well. So, you know, when you match those two up, it's a matter of executing. And I'm looking forward to it just as much as you are. Yeah, but there's not, there's no fans, so there's no fights in the stands. So that means the Cubs and Sox have to go after each other, right? There's got to be a fight on the field. It's got to happen. Now you got to get creative. Can, can we get the little, you know, like the old uh, those punching games where they have the little guys in the wrestling ring? You do that with a cardboard cutout, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Exactly. You know, section three twelve. I remember we used to sit in the bullpen and, and have over unders during games, especially at uh, at US Cellular when before it was Guaranteed Great Park, and mm-hmm. we would. We would bet on how many fights there would be, and we'd sit with binoculars and just check out the upper deck coming to the on it. <laughs> Most times it was the over. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, it's it's one thing for to be, there to be a rivalry on the field, but boy, in those stands, it gets dicey. It gets dicey. That's for sure. I mean, Cubs fans and Sox yeah, fans well, are so then, passionate. Yeah, and especially you know, like the Cubs fans have had the upper edge for a little while, right? Like. The World Series and the better team for a little while, and yep. now the White Sox fans. Like I even have buddies who are White Sox fans, and they're like, 
big weekend this weekend. I'm like, oh, really? I haven't heard from you in four years. Where you been? <laughs> you know, so, it's great. It's great for the city. It's, like I said, it's great for both fan bases, and that's what you want, right? You just want good competitive baseball, and the White Sox got a really good team, and the Cubs got a really good team, so it'd be fun to watch. So you have gone on off days when you were playing. We've talked about this before. Where you flown to another city? bought one ticket down in the first row and ha- uh, hassled and heckled guys that you play against. They're like, what are you doing there? Have you ever been in the stands, Cubs, White Sox, just chilling? Yeah, I have. I have uh, actually sat in the bleachers one time, but, uh, you know, like like we were talking about earlier, it was, it was when the rivalry just kind of got stagnant for a little bit. And, you know, it's hard to have a rivalry. It's more of a city rivalry and. Um, but I, but I have done that and, uh, it's a ton of fun, man. It, it really is. It's a great, you know, it's a great thing to be in Chicago when there's, it's unfortunate that both teams are so good right now and that we can't have fans in the stadium because it would be just a, a great thing to feel that vibe around the stadium, inside the ballpark. And of course, the watching the play out on the field and figure out who's buying dinner that night, you or your buddy. Ryan, it is so important to have personalities in the game. You had that as a pitcher. The media loved you because you didn't. You were not in confined in a box. You wanted to be yourself. And so, how is it now as a broadcaster to see guys like Javi Baez or Tim Anderson, where if they are almost they're great baseball players, but their personality shines through? Yeah, you know, there's all these debates and these you know, bat flips and this thing and that thing and unwritten rules and all this stuff going on. But at the end of the day, we had this huge campaign a couple of years ago to let them play, right? Let the kids play and let them be themselves and can't have our cake and eat it too. If we're going to let them play, let them play, let them have fun. And that's what they want to do. And I, I'm totally old school and I get it. But if you're going to just fight the, you know, the you're like a salmon swimming upstream, if you're just going to fight the, the adjustments that are being made in the game, the game's played differently. It's played differently when I played. I'm sure guys looked at me like, who's this idiot when I was coming up? Because I was always goofing around. I wasn't taking things as seriously as the guys 10 years or 20 years before me. And I'm sure 20 years before that is even more the case. And times just change, times adapt. And, you know, if you just embrace who they are, man, like if you can't enjoy watching Javi Baez or Tim Anderson playing baseball, then, then there's something wrong with you. Tim Anderson is one of the, you know, premier shortstops in this game. And it's just a pleasure to watch. And he wears it on his sleeve. And, and you know what? He doesn't just talk to talk. He walks to walk. And, you know, that's that's all you ask when you're, you know, you're a veteran player, you're an older player, and you're like, well, you better back it up. Well, he is backing it up, and he's playing great. So I remember when I got to know you and got to be friendly with you, you were pitching here. You were pitching one day, and, the, you know, old school, you can't even look at the starting pit. Don't go anywhere near the guy that's pitching that day. And I was always like, that's not who Ryan Dempster is. And you're, you took your batting practice. He comes off the field, and he likes to wear, like, really, like, loud jackets like I do. Right. And he's coming off the field. He's like, come with me. you got to see what I just got. I'm like, I'm not allowed to go in there. You're with me. You can come with me. And I remember one of the media relations people go, what are you doing talking to him? He's pitching today. And you showed me some amazing purple and white jacket. He went out and pitched a really good game. You won 18 games that year. And I thought after that, I went, boy, you know, the fact that you can't look at a guy because he's pitching that, that's just so ridiculous and old school. But that's the way it was back then, wasn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, because you're a product of who you're raised by, right? And when you come up as a young player, the things that you 
learn from older players. Some of them are really, really great. You know, there are ways to respect the game and play hard and show up on time. You know, get the beer on the bus for the veteran guy. You know, a guy plays 15 years in the big leagues and he wants beer. Better make sure it's there for him, you know, and those kind of things. So, you know, I, I think it's all a byproduct of, of what you do there and how you do it. And um, But it's also doesn't mean just because you're the starting pitcher that, you know, everybody's individuals as well and everybody's got their own way of doing things. And as long as they're prepared and they can go out there and do their job, what does it matter if you do it one way or I do it another way? It doesn't have to be universal. And I, I think that's something I learned probably in the second half of my career. It's something that makes the – transition as I watch it go on to the next generation a little bit easier because I, I realize that it's, you know everybody's different um, and it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that people can't have feelings you know like just because I'm you know old school new school you know like if I was out on the mound and somebody bat flipped me there's a pretty good chance I would throw a fastball in their ribs <laughs> I still have emotions right. I still have feelings you can't have happy-go-lucky feelings and this is how I am and I want to be able to be how I am and express how I am, but you're going to suppress my anger, emotion, or my, you know, my frustration because, you know, I'm getting my butt whooped out here and you guys want to have fun with it. So, like, you got to be able to have a little bit of both, and, and I think that's really important. Let me tell you, Ryan, I mean, you have a bestseller that you're sitting on right now. Let me see if we can make you some money. So here's, here it is. An old school guy with a new school approach. That's a book that's just waiting to be written. Like, for instance, what we just talked about, right? How is it that when someone has a no-hitter going, even through five or six, that you can't even come close to the pitcher? Like, I, like if, it, if I'm in that spot, talk to me. Because I, I want everything yeah. to feel as normal as possible. So to me, I think that's in the offseason, that's a great book for you to sell, and you could come right here and sell it right here. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I, I couldn't agree more about the no-hitter thing, because all these people would be like, I didn't know I had a no-hitter. Liar. You know you haven't given up a hit. Right. Right. You know, everybody knows that they haven't given up a hit. Like, it, you you know. And so when guys just stop, like, start ignoring you, you're like, hey, hey, guys, where are you going? Come over here, man. Let's talk. I, I'm thinking about it too much. You know, half the time, the pitcher's the one who's thinking about it. So just keep things normal. And usually normal is, especially nowadays, chit-chatting with somebody. So as you look at this series, we ask this question to our listeners. Who does this series mean more to this weekend? The Cubs or the White Sox? It seems like more people think it's coming out party for the Sox. They got to beat a really good team because the Tigers weren't very good, but they bludgeoned them. How would you answer that? Oh, uh, man. Well, I don't know. They're both sitting pretty equally in the standings, right? Like such a shortened season. So, um, you know, the White Sox are, are back. You don't want to lose ground. I, you know, I, I think that that's probably the biggest thing. For the Cubs, if you can get two or three, you kind of keep your position in your standings. For the White Sox, you got to be able to gain ground. So if I had to pick one, I would say it probably means a little bit more for the White Sox just because you're trailing two teams in the, in the standings. See, that's how it goes, pal. I told you. I was, I was worried at first, Ryan, because you're from Canada, not Switzerland. We wanted to make sure that you that you picked one, so I'm glad you yes, picked one. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> so. I won't toe the line on that. You know, <laughs> I'm in on it. Uh, David Ross, uh, Cap, and I have talked about David Ross and just how the dynamic of hey, you were my teammate and now you're my boss. Just in, in regular terms, away from entertainment, it's like hey, you know what? You and I were working in the same 
same grocery store. And now all of a sudden now my buddy that I used to have lunch with and say so many crazy things about the boss, now he's my boss. And so that's a little bit of a different dynamic. With Ross being now the manager of the team, is there anything that you see differently than you've seen the last couple of years in that spot from Ross? No, well, like, I think the dynamic of the now you're my boss thing, I think that just comes with communication, right? That's a meeting in spring training with that exact words. David's not afraid to say that. Hey, listen, you know, I know I'm, I was your teammate. I know we're friends, but I, I got a job to do here. And my job is this. And if, you know, you're going to fall under the same umbrella as all the other players. And, you know, if you're a veteran guy, sure, you might get a little bit more leash on a few things. But, you know, ultimately, if I don't win, I get fired. You don't. So, um, we, that's what we got to do. And I think that, that open dialogue really helps. Um, and I think, you know, guys really care for them and love them, right? When you win a world series with somebody, why wouldn't you want them to try and, you know, do everything you can to help them win as a manager, especially when you played such a, a vocal part and an integral part, you know, in the clubhouse on the field to help those guys. So I, I, I think that, um, the transition has been pretty easy just because of communication when you when you do that you communicate and you have open relationships and open door policies or as david likes to put it i have a closed door policy if my doors closed don't come in but uh you know it's 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 really good and and i think that's why you're seeing early results and you know you're seeing that the the care that these guys have for each other and the energy that they've shown already at the beginning of the season